This is the Voice Podcast Network. Welcome to Post Pitch, a bi-weekly podcast that dives a little deeper into an article published in this week's print issue of the Georgetown Voice. Today, I'm once again interviewing our writer, Bradshaw Kate, to learn more about the halftime sports piece on March Madness and women's basketball brackets. Please enjoy. Welcome, Bradshaw. Hi, Romy. Thank you for having me. Um, It's great to be back. Yes, I'm so happy to have you again. Um, Would you give us an overview of your article that's coming out in this week's issue? Absolutely. So the article started out as I was wanting to cover how March Madness became a big business. Mm -hmm. How So March Madness itself, I would consider it mainly the bracket pools that come out. Do you know what a bracket pool Explain it for me and for our listeners. Okay. So a bracket pool is when a bunch of people get together. They predict who's going to win every single NCAA March Madness game. And then they compete to see who does the best out of everyone, like in a certain group. Um, Starting out, there's usually money on the line. So everyone puts in... Makes it more real. I know. Everyone puts in $5 for each bracket they make and then... No, winner takes all at the very end. But recently, or depends on your definition of recently, but I'd say in the past, like, at least 20 years, a lot of them have become more just for fun. Mm-hmm. And so I started with tracking down the history of bracket pools and wasn't really sure where I could go with that sort of article. It seemed... You know, very historic, like I was writing an encyclopedia yeah. page almost. Um, and so I went to get ice cream with Joe Stevens. Um, the, I think she's the sports editor now. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know Joe? I think I do. Okay, super nice. We all love Joe yes. here at The Voice. And I was telling her about my article, and she said, well, we're wanting to put your article on the women's side, what if you focused in on women's March Madness brackets? Um, And yeah, that's, things just kind of flew off from there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really interesting to me because, I mean, we were talking obviously before recording and it seems like when you look at the article, like such a niche topic, but it's also like, I mean, it's, it's important and really interesting. So could you tell me more about like the rise of popularity? Like why and how is this a new thing? Like how has this not existed for as long as like the men's brackets have and why now, I guess? Right. Um well it's sort of hard to track down really when they've like really rose to prominence. Um and it's something that I was surprised there wasn't a lot of data on, or at least data that I could find. Yeah. Um but I'd say there have been a lot of recent controversies in women's college basketball, which may have contributed to more, um, it's more care being taken with the sport from the NCAA to really promote women's basketball. So yeah. there was controversy a few tournaments back where um, a female basketball player showed off the weight rooms that her team got to have during the tournament yeah and then because the sites are shared between both the men's and women's tournaments um she was able to go to the men's weight room as well and compare the two 
and the women's locker room looked like your average Planet Fitness, and the men's was like this extravagant. They had so many different like weight sets and all this other stuff. Wow. Um, I don't I don't go to the gym much, <laughs> but like you could clearly tell like oh, like the NCAA spent you know, a lot more resources, investment yeah. into the men's yeah. side. But then you go to the women's, like, weight room, and you're just like, where is everything? Where's the effort? What? Where's the resources? Yeah, so that yeah. post blew up on social media, and everyone's, as they should be, it's like, why Why is this happening? Um, and so the NCAA, to all its credit, started to really try and like rectify the situation. Yeah. So this is something that I didn't know until I started researching for this article. But March Madness is like an official like logo or branding for the in-season tournament in college basketball. But women's college basketball was not allowed to use that brand, that logo, in its promotional materials wow. until 2022. Isn't that insane? That's crazy. That's Wow, they took their sweet time. Seriously. And so just finding that out um, and how, like, these changes are now happening. And then you can tell there's, or at least from my perspective, there seems to be a lot more coverage of women's basketball through um, major sports entertainment sites like ESPN, um, Yahoo Sports, um, CBS Sports, so just like the... They focus more on women's? There's been a lot more attention paid. Since all of that. Yeah, you know, since these controversies. So I would say yeah. since the start of the 2020s, really. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot more like social media posts and media cycles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, all these talking heads yelling at each other on TV <laughs> about women's college basketball and the WNBA. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that there was a difficulty finding data for this once you like had the idea in your head and you went searching. Um, what was the most challenging part of this article for you? Was it that or was it something else? I would say it was twofold. So first, it was the actual data collection, which is crazy to me that you know these giant media conglomerates yeah. hold these competitions every year. And you'd think you'd be able to find out, like, oh, this is how many brackets were submitted for the women's side of the tournament. This is the percent of people that chose this team to win the national championship. And I can't tell if it was just that the data was lacking or if my searches were being blocked with other things. Mm. Um, but it was really hard to find information like that. I will say, when... My searches were being blocked. It was because there was a lot of like TV clips and social media posts of um, sports commentators talking about, oh, who's going to win um, the NCAA 2024 tournament? We think the women's South Carolina team is going to do well. So there's already starting to be this conversation of, who's the best program in women's basketball, which I think is really important that these things are getting covered consistently throughout the year. Um, So that was problem number one and had a great silver lining to it, I would say. So the second problem was that 
I myself am not a woman. You know, I've never played in a women's league. I have seen, like, I'd say my fair share of women's college basketball games, but don't have as much experience with the sport as I do with men's college basketball. Right. And so I think that posed a lot of um, challenges for me to make sure that I was, like, doing my due diligence and giving... Mm -hmm the sport and the article, the respect that it deserved. Of course. Um, and going back to Joe, she really helped me out as well while I was writing this. Um, she is like the biggest women's basketball fanatic that I know. And I'm really <laughs> thankful for her. Um, she explained like, oh, the Yukon South Carolina rivalry. Um, we went to a South Carolina game That's when they awesome. played Maryland last year. And That's so, so fun. Yeah, I'm really thankful for her, and she um, helped give me the confidence to be able to write this article in a way that I felt like I was doing justice to the topic. Absolutely. I mean, of course it like poses a barrier, but also any voice speaking on it is something that's good, and you had the you know, someone backing you up and you did wonderful research and the article really, really reflects that. I mean, it's a great read. Thank you. Um, of course. So, I mean, I, I love just when you mentioned the, the topic to me, I was like, this is, you know, this is awesome. I can't wait to get my hands on it. And um, I know, you know, what I loved about it, but what part of the article was your favorite, you know, to, to write or just looking back at it and you're like, that makes me smile. So peeking behind the curtain a little bit, Um, Here at The Voice, we usually go through four or five rounds of edits before a piece is published in print. So it was a lot to like reread your words over and over and over again. But there was one part of the article that consistently made me laugh every time I read it. And it comes when... So there's a piece in the article where I'm talking about Iowa guard Caitlin Clark getting praised for her performance in last year's March Madness run. And I remember at the time seeing a bunch of social media posts from celebrities. And so I went back, I did some research. I saw, I think a post by Magic Johnson mm-hmm. and other like sports media personalities. But the favorite, my favorite, and what I eventually include in the article is what LeBron James tweeted to celebrate her accomplishment. So, <laughs> it's, it's so good. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous to read, and the way he like types it is like, and you'll you'll see it in the article, but his grammar in the tweet like there's random capitalization. Um, I think he uses eight exclamation marks. Random words are just completely capitalized. Listen, it's emphasis. It's right. enthusiasm. It's, it's but just, it's, such a, it's such a great quote. Like, it really makes the whole article that much better. Yeah, it just it makes me laugh. So, but you're going to have to wait to read the article. Oh, to, I shouldn't uh, spoil it here. Oh, unless you want to. By all means, please. Okay. <laughs> the famous, the future Hall of Famer, LeBron yes. James, said, Ha ha. But FR, for real, she's so cold. <laughs> Eight Sheesh. <laughs> and it's just. It's such a great quote. Yeah. It's so uplifting and so uh, elevating. It's and great. I really want that yeah. kind of energy. It in was my so life. deep. And so, um, yeah. yeah, that made me smile so much reading the article. It really was, was, was a great part of it. So, 
that's amazing. Thank you for uh, for giving us insight into your article. Thanks for having me again. Of course. Um, and to our listeners, make sure to check out Bradshaw's new article in this week's issue of The Voice, and check out the rest of our podcasts on georgetownvoice.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you. Y'all should totally go listen to Hoya Hotline because that's where Romy and I have our own advice podcast. Shameless plug, but go check it out. If you really enjoyed hearing our voices here. (laughs) There's like two hours more of it. So, bye.